The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Today on Power of the Word. So when you see a compassionate God, you see a God of mercy. Amen. But notice what it said here. It says he's compassionate and he's merciful to all. Some have said, well, he's not merciful to the sinner. That's not what he said. He said he's merciful to all. Well, I wouldn't be so kind to a sinner. Well, you're not God, but he's merciful to all. He's good to all. He's compassionate to all. You say, well, I wouldn't have anything to do with them. I've seen God heal people. You say, would God heal a sinner? Well, I've seen him heal some. Would God save a sinner? We saved you. The Bible is no ordinary book. It's the living, breathing Word of God Almighty. In this series, Prioritizing God's Word, Dr. Ed King emphasizes the importance of consistent daily Bible reading and reminds us that Scripture is God's love letter to us. It's full of His promises and is a guidebook for life. If you have a daily devotional life where you spend time just reading Scripture, you'll find that the Scripture will inspire you even on what to pray and how to pray. Putting God's Word first can change everything about you and provide the understanding needed for your future in Him. To receive this series, Prioritizing God's Word, as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us online at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433. Make God's Word a priority in your life. You will never be the same. Sermons are, they're, they're kind of, um, preaching is a, a, a miraculous thing. If you ever did much of it, you'd kind of really know that. I mean, it, it maybe doesn't seem like it, it to you as much as it does maybe to the person who does preach. But I can tell you, there's, a, there's an element of divine partnership in it. And sometimes you just almost feel like you're another person standing outside yourself and it's another person. I mean, it's that real sometimes. Not always, some more so than others. But this particular sermon I'm going to bring you today, uh, I got it different than I typically get sermons. So, you know, a lot of times you're studying and God begins to speak to you. But I dreamed all night this sermon. Not last night, but a couple of nights ago. And I knew that, that I, this is what I've got to preach. You know? So, you know, they come different ways. But this is the first time I've ever got one just exactly that way. And I woke up and I just wrote it down. So here we go. Is that all right? <laughs> so, amen. <clears throat> and so if you don't like it, you can say I just maybe... Ate something bad for supper. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. I want to talk to you about our compassionate, our compassionate Father. Amen. Whew, I feel it already. In Matthew chapter 19, I'm going to, and I've got a lot to share with you, so we'll go through. Not, we're not trying to rush for rush shake. I just want to get things said. Amen. So I don't want to ramble around too much, but get to the point. 
But in Matthew chapter 19, verse number 16, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master. Now they came to Jesus, and they said, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now the point here that I want to make, and Jesus made it, he said, there's none good but one, and that is God. Now Jesus was not saying he wasn't good, but he asked the question, he said, why do you say good master? Why are you calling me good? There's none good but one. So he was probably having to qualify or locate the person who was speaking, because if you say I'm good, then you must be saying I'm God, because there's none good but one, and that is God. Amen. But even Jesus, when he said that, he was making reference more to the Father even than to himself. Because he said, I do nothing except I see my Father do it. I say nothing except I hear my Father say it. So he was drawing attention to a good God. Everybody say, God is good. Say, God is good. We serve a good God. Now, there are people, even Christians, that are a wee bit confused about that. Now, they would say it without any reservation that God is good, but then they contribute a lot of things that go on in their life to God that are not necessarily good. And they say, well, you know, in the vast understanding, in the depths of God's wisdom and understanding, in the knowledge of God, these things that look bad, they'll ultimately be good. Oh, really? A lot of the things are obviously bad, and they need to be identified as obviously bad. And quit hiding behind the smoke screen and get out from behind the curtain and look at it for what it really is. The devil's a bad devil. God is a good God. And things that happen in this life, all these ordeals and troubles and trials that we face on this planet, they're the result of sin, they're the result of Satan's presence here. Before Satan got here in the Garden of Eden, it was a utopia. After he's taken out of, the, out of the scene, off the scene and out of the picture, when we see what heaven's like, it'll be, again be a utopia. So you get the devil out and the bad goes. Amen. So God is a good God. Now we find in Ezekiel 28, takes this a little bit further, down here in verse number 14, and it's speaking of at this time when, it, when it's initiated, it's talking about Lucifer. And ultimately, Lucifer became Satan or the devil. And in Ezekiel 28, verse number 14, he said, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. So he was a, a, a cherub. He's a cherub angel. That's what he was. He was created as a cherub angel. He said, Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, covers, and I have set thee so thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. Now, Satan was not born like a human being is born. He was a created being, specially created by God like Adam was. Adam was a created being by God. He didn't go through the normal birth like we do. He was created by God, as was Satan. 
Now we find that when he was created, he was created perfect. Everybody say perfect. God didn't put a flawed gene in him. God said he was created perfect without flaws, without anything in him that would lead to what he ultimately did. But it says iniquity or sin, or we could say for the case today, bad in whatever form, sin or bad was found in him. So evil was found in the devil. So he is the founder of, he's the origin of all evil. That's where it originated. And that's why he lost his first estate. And that's why he was cast out of heaven. And that's why a third of the angels who took his side and took his case, they fell with him. So God's good, the devil's bad. Everything that's bad has its origin in the devil. Well, I believe this sickness and disease is a blessing from God. Well, you believe wrong. It has its origin somewhere else. There was no sickness or disease before Satan got here. There wasn't any. There was no poverty before Satan got here. There's no wars. There were broken, no broken homes. No broken lives. So Satan got here. Amen. He's the origin of it all. Now we find in Acts 10 and verse, verse number 38, and this is of course speaking of Jesus, it says how God anointed Jesus. So the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. Everybody say good. good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So Jesus went about doing good. So he was an express image of God the Father. He did what the Father desired. He fulfilled the will of the Father. He fulfilled the will of God. And he went about doing good. Now that word good is an interesting word if you just want to, there's another little study that'll take you some other place. I won't spend too much time on it. But the word good there is the word philanthropist. Now a philanthropist is a person who helps others primarily through their financial giving. A rich benefactor helps people, and they're a philanthropist. They may be endow universities, or sometimes, you know, people do extra special things for churches. They're, they're wealthy. They do things. Well, how could Jesus go around doing good or being a philanthropist, a philanthropist if he was poor old Jesus? Well, he was just, you know, a poor, poor, poor carpenter's son. Well, he wouldn't, that carpentry business must have been pretty good. <laughs> the kings at his birth brought him a fortune. It wasn't poor old Jesus. Can you imagine the God of the universe being poor? You know, when, you remember when he was in the, in the wilderness being tempted by the devil? Now, the temptations of the devil had to be legitimate. He had to tempt Jesus with legitimate things. He couldn't tempt him with something that was impossible. And he said, when he was on that fast, he said, why don't you make these stones to become bread? Well, if he hadn't been able to, it wouldn't have been a temptation, would it? So how can you be poor when you make bread out of stones? Pretty hard to be poor then. You could go in the bakery business and do quite well, couldn't you? 
bring me a dump load of rocks. I'll show you how this works. <laughs> Maybe. So what I'm getting at is a lot of these things that we say are just religious nonsense. They don't even make any sense. You know, but we, we use it and then we claim it and then we hold it. Now the interesting thing about this you find in Psalms 145 verse number 8 and 9. He said, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. Now I want you to notice this. This is really important here. It says, first, the Lord is gracious. Well, we know that we're saved by grace through faith. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's grace. And notice through that grace comes his compassion, and he's slow to anger, and he's of great mercy. Now you'll find in the Bible, and you'll find it both in the New Testament and the Old, that the word mercy and compassion are the same root word. Out of the Hebrew language, mercy in some places, in some places it's translated mercy, in some places it's translated compassion. So when you see a compassionate God, you see a God of mercy. Amen? But notice what it said here. It says He's compassionate and He's merciful to all. Some have said, well, He's not merciful to the sinner. That's not what He said. He said He's merciful to all. Well, I wouldn't be so kind to a sinner. Well, you're not God, but He's merciful to all. He's good to all. He's compassionate to all. You say, well, I wouldn't have anything to do with them. I've seen God heal people. You say, would God heal a sinner? Well, I've seen Him heal some. Would God save a sinner? We saved you. <laughs> Amen. God be merciful to me, a sinner. See, we come to Him as sinners in need of mercy. Amen. And in His compassion, He shows us His mercy. Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the Power of the Word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at the Power of the Word. And we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with Him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry, and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I want to ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. Just go to powerofthewordcom partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text GIVE to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership. We have a compassionate Heavenly Father, He's gracious, He's full of compassion, He's slow to anger. Now this word compassion means to love tenderly, to pity, to show mercy, to be full of eager yearning, to long or to yearn, now listen to this, 
to long or to yearn to do good. God longs to do good for you. He is more desirous to do good for you than you are desirous for him to do it. He's more anxious and eager to do good to you than you want it or even need it. God is looking for ways to be good to you and even to the sinner. Well, God's angry with the sinner every day. Didn't say that right there, did it? You say, well, I don't know if God would be good to a sinner person. Well, he just said he would. <laughs> he's good to all. You say, well, I just don't understand that. Well, he's good to anybody that will allow him to be good. Because his nature is good. Say, God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil. And God wants to do me good. <laughs> he does. What do you need? You need something good to happen to you. I was, somebody came to me the other day and I heard him say this, said, I, I wouldn't trust. Now he said it to me. He knows I'm a preacher. knows what he does. What, what I do. And it's not a church person here. It's just, I saw him just routines of life. And he said, I'd, I'd be real careful with one of these preachers that said, uh, God wants to do something good for you. I'd be real careful of the other preacher. <laughs> That's the one I'd be careful for, you know. But I believe God wants to do something good for you today. Amen. amen. Can you say a big amen? amen? Now we find over here, yeah, I know it. <clears throat> say, God is good to me. God is good to me. Amen. In Micah chapter 7, I know it. Gets on you, doesn't it? Micah chapter 7, verse number 18. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Or he delights to show you compassion. He delights to be good to you. He delights in it. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and he will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Now, usually when we think about God's mercy, we put it over there in the category of God and his mercy toward the sinner. And we tell people and we preach to people and we talk to people and people come and they've got this boatload of sin that they bring to the foot of the cross. They've got this bushel basket of sin that they dump out before God. And we're always quick to tell them, listen, God is a merciful God and God will forgive you. We're so quick to tell them that. And it's true because we've been conditioned to believe that there's nothing that he won't forgive, that there's nothing that he won't cleanse us from. And so we're conditioned to do that. But when you get over into these areas of maybe healing or maybe financial blessing or something of that nature, it's almost like it's a reward. It's a reward for good behavior. Now, I'm not saying that he rewards bad behavior. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm trying to say to you, it's not because of good behavior that he does what it do he does. It's because of his mercy and his compassion that he does what he does. Amen. Amen. It's not because we're good. 
It's not because we deserve it. It's because he's a merciful God and he has a compassionate nature toward us. God cares about you. I said, God cares about you. Put your hand over your heart. Say, God loves me. And God is good to me. Now, there's a lot of religious places that they don't believe that. They think God is angry. He's an angry God. And he's holding us over the depths of hell on a rotten piece of twine, getting ready to drop us in if we don't act just right. No, he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. And he'll do everything he can to redeem you, to cleanse you, to bless you, to prosper you, everything he can. He's a merciful God. And sometimes when you don't know what to do or what to say or what to call on, just call on his mercy. Say, Lord, I need your mercy. Your mercy endures forever. Amen. I said, amen. God is good. He gives me water to drink. Amen. Praise God. And so we find in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose hearts is perfect toward him. And so God says that his eyes are going to and fro over the earth to see what good thing he can do for you. He's looking out for somebody he can do good to and for. God's looking for you today to do something good for you today. He's headed your way. He's looking out. I heard one preacher, a friend of mine actually, and he was preaching from that passage of scripture. And I heard him say this. He said, I saw that in the Bible that God's eyes were going to and fro through the earth to see who he could be good to. Be good to. And he said, Lord, you can stop right now. You got your one right here. <laughs> and that's what you ought to do. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, you got your one right here. You be good to me. And God is good to you. And he loves you and he cares about you. And God wants me to tell you that today. He's a good God and he cares about you. Did you hear me? And so God's love. I didn't say say that, but you could say that's a good, that's a good thing to say. But God's love yearns to get involved in your life. His compassion is extended towards you. He cares about you. God is nothing greater than he is love. Amen. Amen. He is nothing as much as he is love. God is love. God is good. God is kind. We read those fruits of the Spirit, so uh, fruit of the Spirit over there in Galatians, and we, we talk about all those things, love, joy, peace, and all that, and goodness and kindness and all that that comes out of it. Now that's the fruit of the human spirit, but it's the fruit of the human spirit as it takes on the nature of God. All those are attributes of God as he comes into us. So God's good. He's kind. He's loving. He's caring. He's all those things. And God cares about you. I said, God cares about you. Can you say amen? amen. 
So his eyes run to and fro to find someone he can be good to, somebody to love, somebody to heal, somebody to deliver, somebody to set free. Well, if I do this, if I make, if I make so many confessions, then he'll heal me. Really? It's not a reward. It's a mercy. A lot easier when it's mercy than when it's works. You don't earn his grace. He extends it. He's not resisting you anyway. He's anxious, desirous, quick to get involved when we call on him. He's not pushing you away. He's bringing you in. You know, when a person comes to God in the new birth and salvation, and they, and they come to him and they say, well, Lord, you know, you don't know what I've done. I mean, I've done this and I've done that. And, you know, they want to tell us why, we, why they can't get saved. And we're quick to encourage them. Oh, no. Our God, he loves the sinner. He loves the lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we encourage them. But then when it comes to other things after we're Christians, we think it's a works event rather than a mercy rather than a grace, rather than his compassion extended to us. We have a compassionate, merciful, heavenly father who cares about you and cares about everything about you. When you say something is absolute, that means there is no deviation, there's no other option. Absolute cold is as cold as you can get. That's absolute cold. I forget exactly, there's a number that goes with that, but it's, it's cold. And that means there's the absence completely of any heat. Now, God is absolutely good. There is no bad in Him. There is no presence of anything evil, dark, oppressive, hurtful, or harmful. Now, God's all-knowing, and He knows things. He knows the end from the beginning, and sometimes we have a self-interpretation of how life ought to be. And if we could live our life, we'd make it completely comfortable. There'd be no trials, no difficulties, no tests, or anything in that. So when you say God is good, that doesn't mean the absence of challenge doesn't mean the absence of um, things that maybe are a little bit hurtful to us not in the fact that it hurts or harms us but in the fact that we don't get our way and we get delayed so sometimes we interpret God in the light of our own desires and needs but God is completely for you 100% of the time all the time and he's completely good all of the time now you can meet him through his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent to be the savior of the world and to be your savior. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my savior. I give my life to you, to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you 
the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it, you would pray it. Let us know here at Power of the Word so we can be in prayer with you, stand with you in your walk with God. We love you. Enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless. We'll see you soon.